Welcome to the Stickers on the Mic podcast brought to you by StickerGiant.com. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, thanks for tuning in as we talk about business, marketing, and growth with our customers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stickers on the Mic podcast. I'm Megan. I'll be your host for today. I'm on the marketing team with the rest of our podcast crew. I'm very fortunate today to be able to welcome Beth with B Squared Apiaries. Beth is going to talk with us a little bit about what she does with her business and how she has grown her business with honey varietals and infused honeys. And I'm going to turn it over to her to give a little background on herself and all of the amazing products that you have to offer. Cool. Uh, so uh, B squared apiaries is uh, apiaries are where bees live. Lots of people don't know what that word even is, but that's what it is. Uh, apiaries uh, are where bees live at, and actually beekeepers, uh, sort of the professional name is apiist, and that's because the scientific name for bees is Apis mellifera, and so it all comes from the derivation from Apis. But um, we started keeping bees maybe 20 years ago. I was always a buggy when I was a kid, and um, I went off and got my MBA, worked in corporate America, blah, 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 and then my older one got to middle school, and he was hell on wheels and uh we decided somebody better come home and maintain that child ah. <laughs> and so uh, i was keeping bees at the time but that's when we really started getting serious about uh, beekeeping as a business versus beekeeping as a hobby okay so that was probably a good i don't know 15 years ago and um and then we started out with two hives which is what everybody starts out with basically and okay. we just kept getting more and getting more and getting more and so now this year we'll be up to about 100 150 of them somewhere out there hopefully closer to the 150 side wow and uh, i'm trying to cap it at 200 um, it's just enough work for two of us morning, noon, and night during the season. And I think that that's just plenty, period. So we nice. do a, um, a early season clover honey. We do a late season alfalfa wildflower honey. Everything has wildflower in it in some form or fashion. But main varietal on that one is alfalfa for late season. The clover's got that cinnamon finish that um, anything with clover in it, nectar in it, mm -hmm. has. And then the alfalfa is more like a butterscotch, so it's a much more full-bodied uh, honey. And then alfalfa is our favorite, and that's what we craft all the infusions with. So we have the uh, rose petal infused honey, which is a good food award winner. And then we have our whiskey barrel aged honey. Wonderful. Um, and so, quick question. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that most beekeepers start with two hives. Yep. Why is that? It's because if you start with one, you never have any idea what's going on. Oh. You need a comparison. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Okay, so they don't, uh, you know, they're not twins. They don't run in tandem. So uh -huh. one is always going to be ahead or behind the other. And if you have just started beekeeping and you're unfamiliar with what's going on with the beehive, it is very difficult for you to tell whether things are good, bad, or indifferent without having something to compare to. And even that only makes it slightly better. But at least <laughs> you can tell who's better and who's worse. You, yeah. They may both be bad. They may both be great. But you at least have something to compare to. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Um, 
So you said you're going to have between 150 to 200 hives, hopefully this year. Where are all of your hives? Are they all at your on your land, or do you have hives that you look after at other places? Yeah, we have hives all over everywhere. Uh, in the uh, mostly in the birthed area. Okay. We extend all the way down here to just west of you. Uh, so we keep, uh, and just east of you, actually. So we have a contract with the city of Longmont uh, mm. for bees. Uh, so we keep bees at the Sandstone Ranch property. And then we keep bees. We don't have them there, but we will put them there this year. And that's over at that uh, big sugar mill uh, property, that farm that's there. I think it's called Golden Pond or something like that. Okay. But, uh, I call it the Sugar Mill property. And then uh, from my house in Berthoud, we go west five miles out uh, County Road 4 and keep uh, quite a few hives out in the Parish Ranch area. And then we go east all the way out to the highway on uh, 56. So uh, kind of in farms and backyards all through those areas. Um, we just kind of try and keep them away from pesticides more than anything else mm -hmm. sounds like it definitely keeps you busy with them all over the busy area. as a bee <laughs> busy as a bee megan it's <laughs> a good little bee pun there, Beth. there you go. That's right. well yeah it was a good lead <laughs> couldn't have done it without you <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do anything special with your land plant any special flowers and around the area to help your bees thrive yes true okay so so most people have heard about the issues facing bees right mm -hmm. now and it's not just bees it's it's all insects okay and uh and with insects being at the base of the food chain People just don't pay very good attention to bugs is what it comes down to. You know, it's a lot easier to get people to pay attention to tigers and lions and black rhinos and all this megafauna that's out there. But the problem with megafauna is microfauna. Okay, and so we need to start with insects. And mm -hmm. insects basically need food, housing, water, just like everybody else. The basic essentials. Yep, and food for bees is nectar and pollen. So nectar is um, carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. Pollen is protein. Okay. Different plants produce pollens. Different plants produce nectars. Some produce both. Some produce greater quantities of some, lesser quantities of mm -hmm. others. But the bottom line is, is high quality nutrition is derived from flowers and, and pollen from trees. Okay. And uh, we have a lot of turf in... Um, suburban and urban environments mm -hmm. which feeds nothing because it produces neither pollen nor nectar yeah. and uh, in agricultural environments we have different set of monocultures uh, all of our grain production is uh, wind pollinated not insect pollinated so mm. it produces profusion of pollen but it's low quality nutritional resource for bees in particular not that they won't get it they'll get it if they need it but it's not their preference okay so at our house we have a pollinator planting um, that encompasses uh, two acres so wow. we did that in conjunction with nrcs natural resource conservation service and it's an equip project which is an environmental quality incentive program 
project. And we have a, a shrub line. It's probably um, it runs the whole north border of my property, and that's really early season nectar and pollen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the first thing that comes in. And then the uh, field of flowers is perennials, assortment of, of uh, native and uh, zebra perennials uh, in the backfield there. And that's for them for the rest of the season. Nice. So you have something essentially blooming all season long for them to always give them new, fresh varieties of Correct. food. And sounds like potentially the different sources of nutrients they need as they go through the season. Correct. Correct. So, you know, the name of the game is is pollen and nectar three seasons, so spring, summer, and fall. Okay. And then uh, I would encourage any listener to uh, throw out the TV, no, to uh, <laughs> uh, dig out your turf or expand your garden varieties uh, to and garden spaces in order to accommodate insects in them. Because uh, once once we have a stable bug population, which we do not have right now, then we will have, you know, stable amphibian populations, we'll have stable uh, bird populations, mm-hmm. all these things that are all um, dependent upon insects are all suffering as a result of lack of insects. So, so yes, it would be very good to have people plant flowers and then not spray them critical plant the flowers and then let them grow Mm -hmm. um well you mentioned your varietal honeys Mm -hmm. and that leads into all of these great flowers it sounds like with the different seasons and times that the bees are getting them um what about a little bit more about the infused honeys as well? I know you mentioned the rose and the whiskey. Great. How do you go about infusing your honeys? Uh, so both of those are really successful collaborations with other um, people in the area. So that's we love that. Uh, so the rose petal infused honey is a collaboration with Happy Heart Farm CSA up in Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis and Bailey Stenson, they were, I believe, the first CSA in the state. Uh, and uh, CSA is community-supported agriculture, so they have uh, uh, farm shares that you buy in, and they plant all this stuff, and then you come and collect uh, the farm shares. They are retiring, uh, but they have kept their home, and around their home is a jillion roses. Oh, that sounds beautiful. And so she uh, handpicks all of those rose petals. Oh, wow. That's... And I go and pick them up. Daily or every other day during the rose petal season, and mm-hmm. then we put those rose petals and stir them into uh, sixty-pound buckets of our alfalfa honey, and then we put a lid on them and let them sit. And so, rose season is generally in June, early part of June, mm-hmm. and uh, they sit until the honey party in September. Okay, and then we. Um, we run all raw honey, which means that it's not heated past hive temperature, mm-hmm. so it turns into a brick, okay, so it's all totally crystallized inside there, and then we warm it back up to a liquid state, strain out those rose petals, and bottle it, and that's mm-hmm. it. And then the rose petals themselves continue on their merry little journey, and they go to Nuance Chocolate in Fort Collins, and Toby makes a Valentine's bar with them. I love that. And I know you had mentioned before with your whiskey honey as well, Mm -hmm. the way that you infuse that also brings a different life into another product down the line. Correct. It's very difficult to believe that they both started out as the same honey, actually, Mm -hmm. by the time you look at finished products. 
Uh, and by so, the time you taste them, too. Correct. Yes, by the time you taste them. I like to say that the whiskey pearl-aged honey is a punch in the face compared to the rose. Uh, <laughs> They're both delicious. <laughs> they though. are. They're totally different, though, you know. So the rose petal infused is, is uh, it's it's floral. It's, um, I don't know, sensual. It's uh, just uh, subtle and beautiful and different. And mm-hmm. it's really pretty because of the... The color that's infused with the petals, too. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful product. But the Whiskey Barrel Aged Honey is uh, the brainchild of my employee, Jamie Erickson. And Jamie mm. is, I think he's 23 now. It might be 22. I think he's 23. And uh, anyway, Jamie is uh, uh, just had this idea. And I said, sure, why not? We don't care. Let's go get a whiskey barrel. And off we trotted and got a whiskey barrel. Never um, know until you try. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and if you don't bend, you never win, is what yep. we like to say. So we put the, put it in there, and it, then we're back to another one of those sayings. You know, Albert Einstein, if we knew what we were doing, we wouldn't call it an experiment, right? <laughs> and so you know, the first, we get this whiskey, and of course, we're raw honey, right? And it's like... Well, how do we get it out of here? <laughs> yes. So it's been sitting in here for three months now. How do we get it out? So we had to go find a material. It's actually a, a barrel blanket that we put over a barrel mm. that warms it up, doesn't warm it past high temperature, and it takes it through, oh gosh, three, four, five days before it thaws out enough to start getting back out of the bunghole on the barrel and and then we drain it off and and uh, strain out the char and it gets bottled so it's okay. it's what i call oak smoke whiskey and honey you can taste all four in that sequence in the product it's an extremely well balanced product mm-hmm. way different use uh in culinary uh use than uh the rose petal infused so the Rose petal infused. I happen to love it with a warm brie. Mm-hmm. And then the whiskey barrel aged is great with anything with nuts, anything with a fall flavor profile, and not bad with Elevations bacon either. You know, you <laughs> said that when we were out visiting you at your farm. Did and, you try it yet? Well, Chase tried it, and uh, okay. he said it was great. He loved it. So. Well, everything's better with bacon, no <laughs> doubt about it. And, and uh, the honey, the bacon is better with the honey. There's no doubt about that either. Yeah, so. new flavors. So mm-hmm. if you like bacon and you like honey, definitely something to try. Yeah, um, yeah, I like, I love those sweet and salty combos. Uh, you know. Me too, and so many different combinations. Mm-hmm. It's a really great way to mm-hmm. blend flavors on your palate. Yep. And honey is a great sweetener for getting that balance because it can be sweet without being too sweet sometimes. Correct. So, yep. Love it. So what else do you offer besides honey? Uh, so uh, there's a, I should say that we do have a couple other varietals that we just pack. We oh, okay. don't produce. And so we pack an orange blossom honey. Oh, that's which right. Which comes from California. It's um, orange blossom is a renowned varietal. Uh, kind of like lavender honey from France. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're able to produce, uh, or not produce, pack orange blossom honey uh, fairly consistently. A lot of people use it for brewing, um, for mm-hmm. uh, kind of, it's a, it's a gourmet honey, so people are familiar with the taste profile on it. I love it with chocolate. I hate it with coffee. It's uh, very um, different floral, different taste than the two that we produce. And then we also have a cranberry honey in from Wisconsin, which again, anything, if it's labeled a varietal honey, then that means that 
the nectar that produces that honey is all that's in that jar. Nobody is adding flavors to it. So I'm not adding orange flavoring to the orange blossom honey. Mm-hmm. It's just the next nectar from orange trees that is producing that honey once the bee get involved, gets involved in it. And then okay. the um, cranberry honey is just the nectar from cranberry plants. Interesting. And that's what creates that honey. So then uh, we also do a beautiful beeswax candles. Um, and then we do a really nice soap. Mm-hmm. And so the beeswax candles, beeswax is incredibly expensive uh, to make. It's very hard energy-wise on the bees. Uh-huh. So if we produce thousands of pounds of honey, we maybe produce a couple hundred pounds of wax annually. Okay. Okay. And at um, any rate, uh, the, uh, relatively speaking, the beeswax candles are more expensive than any other candle on the market. And the reason is, is they burn stunningly beautifully. Mm. So they magically disappear. They evaporate. Uh, and so they're smokeless, they're dripless, they have this beautiful flame. They're actually the only candle that's healthy for you and because they actually take crap out of the air. Uh-huh. And then uh, and then at the end, they're the little wicked witch of the West. There's nothing left to them. <laughs> it's fascinating. It is. They're I, beautiful. Beautiful. Do you know what process makes the beeswax able to evaporate when it's burning? Mm, it's just... Nothing makes beeswax but a bee, right? It's just the magic of the bees. mm -hmm, A bee makes about the white part of your fingernail in its lifetime. And so, and then it's the mandibles in its mouth Uh that allows it to form that stunning hexagon shape. Uh And uh, and then, um, why is it a hexagon? Have you ever thought about that? I haven't. Why is it a hexagon? Now I'm curious. I bet other people are going to be curious too. It's the shape in nature that holds the highest volume in the smallest physical space. Oh. So I have no idea how they evolved, if they started out with a hexagon shape Uh or, or evolved to a hexagon shape, but I find that fascinating. That is. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so at any rate, uh, it's, and bees, so bees make beeswax from these little glands that are on their abdomens. Okay. And, uh, and they make these little flakes of wax, and they can only make flakes of wax when they're on a carbohydrate flow, a nectar flow. And mm. when something with that allows them to be able to create uh, the beeswax themselves. And then they exude these little flakes of wax, and then they manipulate them with their mandibles into that hex shape, and bada-bing, bada-boom, you've got beeswax in a form that you recognize it as. That's amazing. I honestly never had any idea that that's the process that <laughs> that's how beeswax goes, goes to be. Yeah, they're brilliant little creatures. They are. Just every time I learn something new about bees, I yeah. can't believe how smart they are for they such are. small creatures. Yeah. Well, and plus, you know, like this past year, like they did some more work. There's a guy, uh, uh, Carl von Frisch is his name. He did a bunch of research on bees and, and their intelligence and stuff like mm. that. So they, they can count to five. They understand the concept of zero. And they can uh, distinguish colors quite well also. Oh, well, and that makes sense with looking for flowers. Well, I imagine they, that that could help them identify food sources, potentially. True, but actually, 
bees and most insects do not see in the same spectrum that you and I see. Right. And so there is a whole infrared spectrum to flowers. Mm. And if you look at flowers under an infrared light, you'll see these things called nectar guides that appear under infrared light. These nectar guides are like these flashing neon arrows that say, here's the nectar, here's the nectar, here's the nectar, so that insects can see the nectar. And bees, here's another thing you're going to learn today, do not see red. Oh. So kids always ask me, well, then why don't beekeepers wear red suits? If bees don't see red, <laughs> which I think is a pretty a darn good question. Clever question. It is. It's a clever question. Yeah. And uh, so apparently bees don't see red, but what they see red as is not a soothing, calming thing for them. Oh, okay. Kind of like a bull. Makes sense. Right. So they may not see it, but they can possibly feel it or sense that it's a color that they're not. What? Yeah. What they with. see it as, they see it, but they see it as something else. Okay. And whatever that something else is, is not. You know, maybe it's mm-hmm. it's the old red means danger, right? You know, so your Amanita mushrooms and all those things that are neon red in nature are almost always poisonous yep. in some sta- sort of standpoint. So maybe it's something to do with that. I don't know. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you sell a large variety of honeys, and you've also mentioned supplying them to other um, creators and like restaurants and people making mead and beer. Mm-hmm. How do you go about organizing it, labeling it, and making sure you're keeping track of all of those different varieties that you have for sale? Um, hmm, I'm not certain how to answer that. Uh, the, um, you know, basically we are very into our brand. We have a trademarked brand, and so everything has to um, reflect that brand in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Some of it are our classic branding, which is the B in the square for B squared, okay? Uh-huh. And it's on a, a yellow background. But then when you get into the whiskey barrel aged honey, it has our trademark font, uh, but not the square on it uh, so it just we just kind of try and um, keep the theme so to speak of B squared classic logo throughout the other products on their labeling uh, but uh, everything gets labeled um, period I don't care if it's going to my mother it gets <laughs> labeled <laughs> Everything does. Everything does, yes. We also see some great stickers that Mm -hmm. you produce as well. How do you complement the mix of your stickers and your labels? Do you send stickers with your orders or have them at shows? Yep, all of the above. Okay, so stickers are a new thing for us okay, okay we've always uh, used sticker giant for labels and uh and uh so i had a friend of mine who had hand colored our our classic logo uh with this uh, blues and yellows and we just loved it and we thought we'd lost it in the big floods in 2013 and then uh, i found a contact sheet of it and once i found the contact sheet i could send it over to my graphic artist and have it digitized and then we produced the stickers and so uh so we have the stickers that we have uh die cut for the um giveaways at shows and for uh putting into all the boxes that go out uh, shipping wise and then we have them on a roll that we use to uh, sticker all of our bags that we give away at shows too so when people buy products we have a little custom bag for them 
So, yeah. Put your brand on everything. Put our brand on everything. Nice. Um, you put our brand on everything. Well, we help you put your <laughs> yeah. brand on everything. Yeah, we help you, you tell your story. Right. That's what we love. <laughs> um, so, what's coming up next for B Squared Apiaries? Oh, gosh. I don't know if we should let the cat out of the bag quite yet. Well, if you're not ready to, we there don't you have go. to. That's right. Uh, we uh, are always experimenting. Um, so I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag on the one. Okay, we're just... Keeps a mystery to it. Yes, we are very, very close on it, but it's a little too early to make that announcement on air uh and uh but uh jamie who the, the inventor of the whiskey barrel aged honey is working with a coffee infused honey right Ooh. now so called morning buzz is his uh, tentative title for it so that's um still in the experimental phase and then we have some work going on on some various peppers Ooh. Uh, so infusing some spice into the sweet. Uh, so we've got actually four different varietals uh, running right now. Trying to see whether we do like a pepper pack or if we'll mm -hmm. just do a one that's our favorite or how that's all going to come down. Don't know exactly how that's going to look yet, but that's More those are two testing. that are yeah those are the two that are in the pipeline. Something to look forward to. Always. Ah, so what else is on the plate with B Squared? I know you personally are involved with other things throughout the community. Is that something that really supports B Squared apiaries or just farming in general? Right, so so I am co-founder of a nonprofit organization called People and Pollinators Action Network, PPAN. Uh, we work on uh, pollinator and policy issues here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. I am treasurer of the Pollinator Stewardship Council, which works on pollinator and pesticide issues at the federal level and state level but you know across the nation instead of just focusing on Colorado okay and then uh, B squared is very generous uh, with our proceeds to um, both of those organizations as well as to other um, environmental uh, organizations that focus on pollinator health so uh, the Xerces Society for Invertebrate Conservation Earth Justice um, Let's see, Friends of the Earth, there's quite a few people that we, uh, other NGOs that we contribute to, all of them uh, supporting pollinator health in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, so it's nice to be able to uh, be good with our proceeds. I saw, heard how you snuck that in there. <laughs> and it didn't even need a lead on that one. <laughs> I know, you did it all on your own. <laughs> so where can people find B-squared Apiaries products if we're just a consumer right. out trying to find right. your delicious products? Right. Uh, well, we certainly have a, a, a web presence. It's pretty fairly easy to find us on the web at uh, bethsbees.com. Um, we have lots of retail outlets. Uh, they are listed on our website, thank heaven, so that you can just go to local sources for B-squared honey and it will come up with a list of all of the retail outlets uh, for our product. 
And so uh, there's uh, most of them, are, of course, are in this area. So Lyons, Longmont, Berthoud, Loveland, Fort Collins, Denver are all places that you can find it at retail outlets. Wonderful. And are there any places on social media that people can find you? Any channels that you want to shout well, out? Well, you know, we're not great about social media. Uh, so we do have a Facebook page and we do have an Instagram handle. But God knows what they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you've got your website. Yeah, full we of have all our website. Great information. Yeah, no, so it's uh, yeah, it's Facebook dot com. Best bees, Instagram's best bees too. So, oh, you do know it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I say thank heaven for staff. <laughs> this is what that comes down to. Yes. Good teams behind you can make all the difference. That's exactly right. That's exactly well, right. Is there anything else that you would love our listeners to know about B-Squared Aviaries? Uh, no, I would just encourage all of your listeners to pay attention to bugs. Do the best they can to help them. Plant flowers. Don't spray them. I support that. Get out there, plant flowers, and help the bees. The season is right now. It is. As the snow yeah. is melting is the yes, perfect exactly time to right. get out there and start planting some flowers. Bingo. Bingo. Wonderful. Right. All right. Well, that'll do it for our show today. Thank you, Beth, so much for Thank joining Thank you, Megan. Us. I appreciate it. great conversation. Learned so much about bees today. Hope our listeners enjoyed and have a great day. Do the same. Thanks for listening to the Stickers on the Mic podcast brought to you by StickerGiant.com. You can download us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please leave us a review. It helps us reach new listeners and share our customers' sticker stories. If you're inspired to create your own stickers or labels, head over to StickerGiant.com to check out our options and use the coupon PODCAST to take 20% off your first item. Thanks for listening, and remember, every sticker has a story. What's yours? Do 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 do